Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sports Kings NBA show. I am your host, Mean Gene Sports Machine. It is a Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, one day before the NBA season gets underway. At least the second half of the NBA season gets underway. I will be joined here shortly by my co-host, Dustin Pfeiffer. And folks, look, we have a lot to talk about because, first of all, on this show, we are going to break down NBA All-Star Weekend. I know we're a little late, but hey, you know, been under the weather, so just kind of work with me, okay? But anyway, we're going to talk about what took place in Indianapolis over the weekend, and including the 2024 Naismith Hall of Fame class that will be enshrined later on this year. It's always exciting to see those guys that come out during the NC2A tournament, so you will get a chance to see all of those individuals that will be enshrined in the Nate Smith Basketball Hall of Fame. We will have our thoughts and opinions on some of the things that Commissioner Adam Silver had to say during his State of the Union press conference for the NBA. Some interesting things that uh, the commissioner shared with the media during last week's press conference. We will also look at the upcoming schedule, which will be brutal for some of the teams heading down the stretch here because you know there used to be a point in time when the all-star game was actually played you know right in the middle of the season so now some of these teams have already played 50 games so it's not really at the halfway point anymore so i cannot wait to talk to dustin about that because it's it's kind of interesting but nevertheless all teams are equal as far as the amount of games that they have played up to the all-star break it's just not the 41 games that you thought it would be. And you have to understand that too, because they had the in-season tournament, which probably would have, you know, thrown that off a little bit. But, you know, so we're going to get into the standings. We'll get into the schedules. We'll get into what we kind of think what might happen. There were some announcements made as far as coaching changes there. So we'll get into all of that. But before I do, how about I bring on the man that knows more about this stuff than I do because he covers the Charlotte Hornets for Belly Sports Southeast. And I'm talking about Dustin Pfeiffer. What's up, Dustin? Mean Gene, what's going on, man? Glad to be back on with you, ready to talk some NBA. And let's, it's, it's after the All-Star break. It's time for it to ramp up. And there's a lot of storylines to talk about. There are a lot of storylines to talk about, Dustin. I was just, you know, sort of letting the listeners know here that you know what and i have to back up because i am just so bad here folks the show is brought to you by the score.com download the app follow your favorite teams favorite sports and get your daily scores and sports updates as a matter of fact you can follow the nba and see exactly what's going to be happening as far as the games scheduled tomorrow a full slate of games as the second half of the season gets underway and you can get just real time scores and and updates on everything that's going on in the NBA. But Dustin, I tell you what, I remember a time when it was right at the halfway point in the NBA season, teams would have played like 41 games because it's an 82 game season. That's not the case now because some of these teams have already played 50 games. So it's, I mean, but they're all on the same page, but it's just that the NBA season is not at the halfway point like it used to be. Yeah. It's it's one of those things now where we get to the all-star break you start thinking normally, you know, way back in the day, you're thinking, all right, we're halfway there. We still got 
a good amount of games left in the season to make a push. But no, you get to the All-Star game now, and you probably should already be making that push before the All-Star break. Because like you said, you come back with 27, 28 games left, and it's really a sprint to that finish line to get to the playoffs. So these teams should already be in that mode before the All-Star break to say, hey, we need to start getting our best basketball on the court, and we need to start getting ourselves playing for these seedings in the in the playoffs to see where we're going to match up. And you know what? You can really tell that intensity is there before the right before the All-Star break happens, you know, because you're wondering, like, what's going on here? You know, because why are they playing so hard? Because the break is there. No, they, they have to because they don't have a lot of – a lot of time, and we'll break that down, of course. But, man, All-Star Weekend, Dustin, look, I don't know about you, but I, 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 as much as I wanted to be in Indianapolis last weekend, but, you know, they did a very good job of not showing too much of what was happening on the outside, meaning, what, some five, six, seven inches of snow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You could tell that everybody wanted to be inside, whether it was the arena, whether it was parties. Everything they wanted to make sure they be they were inside. But listen, I know we were going to get into this. I know that's probably where we're headed. But we definitely want to talk about All Star All Star Weekend and see what you think because Gene, that is, you know, I know we're going to get back into games tomorrow night. We're going to talk about it, but that is one of the main storylines coming out of this weekend is, is what do fans think of All Star Weekend at this point? Because it definitely has changed to how it was back in the day, and obviously things are going to change and things are going to be different. Nothing's going to stay the same. But what are you thinking about All-Star Weekend? And what did you think overall about the product and the events that they put on the floor over the entire course of the weekend? You know what, Dustin? I have to start with that LED court, man. Look, I have been to Lucas Oil Stadium, never seen a basketball game there, seen the Colts play there a couple of times. But, dude, that was state-of-the-art. You know, I, I like how all of the sports have their specialties. You know, football would do that stuff. Baseball would do their thing. But the NBA, that court, man, was the bomb. You're talking about uh, the design and color changes, live replays, real-time game stats, interactive games for the fans doing timeouts. I guess if you was there, it was probably even more spectacular. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you saw it in the, the Saturday night. You saw it in the Celebrity Game on Friday night. And I, I got a feeling, Gene, at some point, they're going to want to try to get that court for the actual all-star game because, like you said, it just enhances the experience, especially probably, you know, in person it was probably great, but on TV you really can't see it even better to get that that extra effect, and I'm sure they're going to try to add that in because, as we're talking about now, they, they've got to try to do something to, to, to continue to make this event special and what it is because, listen, Gene, I'm an NBA guy through and through. And I love – I am one of the guys that love All-Star Weekend. And I know it's changed over time. It's not as competitive as it used to be. It's just how things go. It's how it works. Things are going to change. And I'm okay with that because it's an All-Star game. But they still do have to find a way to make tweaks, make adjustments, because I do think – personally, me, people have been saying it for years, Gene, that, that the All-Star game is washed and that, that it's no fun to watch. I, I wasn't one of those guys, but I think this weekend – this game was the first time I really was like, man, they do got to figure something out because I think it definitely just went to another level of non-competitiveness, non-care, not saying that guys didn't care, but it just something seemed off about the game this weekend. It, 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 it did, and I understand exactly what's going on. You know, they, look, they thank goodness they went back to the East-West, which I thought was going to bring – a little bit more intensity and excitement. Some of the players, you know, were trying to get involved with 
a competitive game and some were not. You know, some of these guys, I mean, look, these are athletes. The same they have the same problem with the NFL, you know, the 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 Pro Bowl. I mean, it's the same thing. These guys don't want to get hurt. These guys don't want to, you know, they're in the contract year, whatever the case may be. You know, they, it's 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 interesting, but they have to do something. We thought we would see some defense. You know, I'm rooting for the the West because most of my favorite teams are falling to the West. So I'm I'm thinking the West was going to make some sort of you know run and push there, but no. I mean, it just really. And, and then the 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 team that that hosts the the event, you know, which was the Pacers in this case. You know, I I thought, I mean, look, we 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 knew, and I thought Tyrese Halliburton would would probably be the the MVP they tried to give it to him <laughs> it just didn't work out that way yeah and it's one of those things like I, I'm on the fence here Gene because like I want the competitiveness and for me like the all-star game for the first three quarters you're gonna have those highlights you're gonna have those dunks everybody pulling up from deep for three for me it's that when the game gets close and obviously didn't really get close this weekend but for me it's like late in the third quarter fourth quarter I'm not asking for you to turn the intensity on all game because, again, it's an all-star game. You're trying to rest. You're trying not to get hurt. But in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line, I would like to see a little bit more fiery, a little bit more competitiveness from these guys just to put on a show for the fans. But on the flip side, Gina, it's hard for me to get mad at the players when they're going through an 82-game season. They've been putting their body through it. You come to All-Star break, and we all know now that it's not just those two nights. It's a full-week event with community events, with press, with media, with practices. So it really isn't these guys getting a break. I'm not sitting here trying to say that, you know, they deserve to be – you know, babied and stuff like that because obviously they're they're living a good life. But they are this is a long season for the NBA and they do deserve a break. So it's hard for me to get on the players to say, hey, come out here and make this look like a regular season game because that's just not going to happen. So that's why I'm on the fence about it. They just got to find that middle ground. But when you score 211 points, that's when you're starting to get on that line of man, this is kind of getting out of control. Well, see, and, and I'm glad you brought the point up about the the other events that they have to do because you're right. You know, some of the guys that are participating in All-Star Weekend, they don't have to participate in the game. But some of those guys are in all of the events, you know, and 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 uh, especially starting the Saturday events. Yeah. So you have to kind of understand, man, these guys are not going to push themselves to 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 that limit there. You you have you have to understand that. But look, if you're a fan, you also, and for fans, you know, I've attended, you know, several all-star events. That's why you have to get the package because chances are you're going to have a letdown come Sunday. You have yeah. to get there for the celebrity game on Friday nights. You have to get there for the, for the, for the, the, the rookies. What they used to call it, the rookies and the sophomores. You have to get there for that because those games are going to be a little bit more interesting. Certainly the celebrity game is going to be interesting. And, and the, the rookies in the sophomore games are going to be interesting. And then your all-star Saturday night is going to be interesting because by the time you get to Sunday, man, people are just ready to go. And, and, and unfortunately they're going to have to find a way to, 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 to make that interesting. But Hey, let's talk about the celebrity game for a minute. I mean, yeah. can you believe some of these football players that showed off their basketball skills? <laughs> yeah, this was this was one of the you know normally you get these celebrity games and you get low scoring games. You maybe get one or two guys who can who can play basketball, but the rest really don't know what they're doing, and it's kind of just an entertainment show. But man, Friday night, these these football players, these athletes that showed up, 
they put on a show. Micah Parsons, Puka Nakua. I mean, you had guys out here throwing it down, up and down the court. I think the game, what, got into the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Of course, you had Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp on the sidelines. So this was one of the more entertaining celebrity games that we've it seen was. in recent years. It was, man. And look, hey, hey, I didn't care anything about Shannon Sharp and, 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 and Stephen A. Their shenanigans. I'm watching, you know, I'm watching these guys here. I'm watching – C.J. Stroud, I'm watching Michael Parsons, I'm watching these guys. I'm like, whoa, you know, the uh, Puka Nakua. To see these guys come out there, and, and, and a lot of people don't know Dustin. Of course, we know. I mean, some of these football players, basketball, they, they were two-way sports, uh, maybe yeah. even three-way sports. This is what they did in high school. Yeah, yeah, freak, freak athletes. I mean, you can just see it, especially with a guy like Mark, Micah Parsons, his size, what he's able to do, how he's able to move. It, it really is just unbelievable to watch, and, Man, I just it just makes you think you see him do that on the basketball court and then see how explosive he is on the football field. It, it really is unbelievable to watch these athletes and, and how they're able to perform. Yeah, so I'm glad, you know, and this is why I say, you know, and look, and it could be they, they do have an a la carte type of, you know, package deal. You don't, you know, to watch everything from Friday to Sunday, you know, that's going to cost you an arm and a leg. But you can, you know, just do the Friday night. You can just do the Saturday night and and, and 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 believe me, most people don't stay for the game. Trust me, you would be uh, shocked of how many people leave on Sunday mornings, getting out of All Star Weekend because they done they they've been entertained, they've seen enough, they already know what the All Star game is going to be like, right? So they get out of there. But the Skills Challenge, which you know for the third straight year seemed like the home team keeps winning, and I think that's probably you know, fixed to be that way, I, I think, because you, you're going to have a, a predominantly home team crowd. So to not see that happen, you know, it, it would, you know, present some sort of a problem. You don't want people booing at the All-Star Weekend, right? So you got Halliburton and and, and Matherin and, and Miles Turner out there. Yeah, and th- those guys conduct themselves well. So, it, I mean, you know, it, it, it you know, I, I like the, the the shoot off that they had to do. Which man, I thought that was going to go on all night there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, listen, I listen, I, and again, I, and you're talking to a guy who's an NBA purist who likes this uh, All Star Weekend. And so Saturday night is one of my favorite nights. I always make sure I'm on the couch watching it live. I've had the pleasure of covering it here in Charlotte when I was here for the experience. And so I, I'm always into it. And, and the skills challenge, the three point competition, the dunk contest, like. I know sometimes it doesn't deliver every year for the hype, but I'm always going to be there every year. And I, I think, like you said, the Pacers really did themselves well in this skills competition. I think Tyrese Halliburton kind of being the host with his team was a great host. The one guy I will yeah. call out a little bit, and I know he was just joking around and having fun, but this goes back to these young guys, Gina, like I said, trying to find that fine line of where I don't want you going all out for all-star, but at least take it seriously and make it competitive if you're going to be in these events. Anthony Edwards going out there shooting left-handed. To me, just kind of, I know it's a joke, he's having fun, but that just kind of, to me, puts a little bit of disrespect on the competition to the fans that are there to watch you perform. And so, like, I know you're having fun, Anthony Edwards, but you have the chance to be one of the faces of this league coming up. And so that's the kind of guys I want to see maybe take it just a little more seriously if you are going to be in these competitions. If not, it's fine. Just go to All-Star Weekend, play in the game, don't be in these competitions. But, again, I'm not asking you to go all out, but at least – Put some respect on it. Take it seriously. And so you can put on a good show for the fans. You know what? And I noticed that too, Dustin. I'm glad you brought that up too because I, I could see that. Now, and Anthony Edwards is a good player, but you're right. You know, had that been in Minneapolis, who knows? It probably would have been something completely different. His attitude would have been a little bit different. I felt the same way about Kevin Durant 
who I think, you know, for the media, for the microphone, for the cameras, he did the right thing. But man, his body language and yeah, he just he seemed like he could care less about being there. And I don't know, maybe because Draymond Green was there. I don't know. There still seems to be. But, but you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give him a little more of a pass because he's been there so many times. Like That's at true. This, That's at true. this point, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, even Steph Curry, like we we want to see them. Obviously, they're still the faces of the league, but they're not going to be the guys that are going out there trying to win MVP and put on a show in these games because they've already done it. So for me, it's up to this next tier because this is a, a conversation that's going on this week, Gino. I'm sure we'll have it on another show. But LeBron, Steph, and Durant, you know, th- those are the faces, but they only have, you know, a couple of years left. So who's going to be that next tier to really be the face of the league? Because you look at guys like Jokic, who is probably the best player in the league, if not one of them, but he doesn't want to be famous and really want to be the no, face of the league. No, he does. And so you got to look at guys like Anthony Edwards, Shea Gildress Alexander. Luca Doncic, like these young guys need to go out there. And again, I'm not asking you to go all out and hurt people and, and try to play defense and dominate, but take it seriously and show that you can take that torch and represent the league once these older faces do end up stepping out of the league. And even Luca's that way. Most of your European yeah. players are just not like that, though. They, yeah. They're not into that fanfare like, you know, the, the, the U.S. guys are. They just they, they don't accept that well. They just go out there. And, and and play. I think Lucas is he's getting that way, but for the most part, we know, like you said, the joke is definitely, you know, this guy just wants to go home and be with his family, and he, he, he and, does, and and that's it. But hey, okay, so the three point competition there, you know, Damian Lillard, he wins his second straight three point contest, which you know, just crazy. But how about the fact that Damian Lillard, it took. This guy getting to the East Coast to 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 make his first NBA All Star start, uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, amazing stuff. Considering how long he's he's been in the league and how great he's been, that just goes to show you when you're in the West and you're going up against Steph Curry and some of these other guys, it, it's it's really hard to start. And personally, I've said this on a previous show. No no offense to Damian Lillard, he, he he's probably earned the start from his whole entire career. I, I think Jalen Brunson should have been starting for the guards, just showing what he's done in the East. But props to him, props to him winning the three-point competition. Back-to-back three-point competition (laughs) champions. Hasn't been done since, I think, 07, 08, like Jason Capono. So that that is a a really good accomplishment. And to me, Gene, and and again, the dunk contest is one I'm about to get to in a few minutes, that it sometimes can deliver and sometimes it can't. But for me, I think the three-point contest is the highlight of All-Star Saturday night because I think for most years it delivers year in and year out. And not only that, did they not only have the regular competition, I know we'll talk about the Sabrina mm-hmm, and Steph mm-hmm, competition mm-hmm. in a second, but that combined together, to me, I think that stole the show on Saturday night. I, I agree with you 100%. And you're right, that three-point contest, because, I, you know, it's, it's individualized. You got to go out there. And I like the participants because we are getting the best yeah. of the best. And to see Carl Anthony Towns out there knocking down those threes, man, it's just it's just amazing. I'm, you know, and if you ever wonder why big guys are shooting threes in the NBA, just watch Carl Anthony Towns. Now you should know why. I expect Joel Embiid one year to get in there because <laughs> these too. guys, these guys are pretty good, man. They, the the NBA players for a reason. Whether you want them shooting that three or not, they can knock it down. And and. And look, Carl Anthony Towns won this thing, and and he got close again. But yeah, Dame time is Dame time. But I like the challenge. I like the fact that Sabrina and Steph 
that was big time. And, and, and the ratings proved it because there was a block of time there where 5.4 million people, kind of just extra yeah. people tuned in to see this and incredible stuff. And Dustin, for the life of me, I don't know why Sabrina didn't want to shoot from the, the WNBA three-point line, which I think she probably would have beat Steph. But I do like her courage in, in, in shooting from the, the, the NBA three-point line. Yeah, and, and real quick, going back to the three-point competition, you, you said it, G. It's, it's the names. It's every year the big names want to do it. And for some reason, we can't get that with the dunk contest. If we could, then All-Star Saturday night, we'll probably be right back to amazing all the way throughout. But you're talking, I mean, we're talking Halliburton, Brunson, Donovan Mitchell. All these guys didn't even make it past the first round, and we're talking about stars in the league. Yeah. That just shows you the the firepower that was in that. So you had that, and then on top of it, you get to Sabrina and Steph. And and, and you're right, Gina. I think this was, I think this was a monumental moment. Like people That's need to realize nice. how big this was to bring this together. And I think what you just said, and I know this was a big topic with Kenny Smith and how he was giving some of his thoughts about where she should shoot from. I mean, she shot from the NBA line, and she did just as good as if you look at the she regular three-point competition. She had 26, which was the most in pretty much any round any she, guy have. She would have, so, yeah. So, so, I, so I, I applaud that, and, and I, I get the point about shooting from her line because it's her thing, but I think the reason she wanted to do this is just to even more show how, how girls can do what guys can do especially when it comes to shooting, when it comes to some of these basketball skills. So that's why I think it's kind of kind of that that precedent to say, hey, we don't need, you know, I don't need a separate line. I can do just what the yeah. best shooter that ever has played this game has done. And she shot shot for shot with them. And, and I think this is only the beginning of what they can do, Gene. And I think Reggie Miller might have mentioned it in the future. I, I would expand this even more. Oh, I um, hope they do. Because you can add it on Saturday night. Keep your same for the NBA. But you could even go to four or six people and do three girls, three guys, and, and make this kind of a full competition. Because think about it. You've got Sabrina. You've got some of these other great WNBA players that are out there right now. You've got Caitlin Clark, who we all know we talked about in college, oh, about yes. to come into pro, who's going to yes. be one of the best shooters out there. So this can only grow. And I think it's great for not only the NBA, but for the WNBA, because they deserve if – you, if you've noticed, Gene, over the years, WNBA was not talked about a lot, but for people like us who follow it, mm -hmm. the league has grown so much in the past five to 10 years to where the skills, the competition is so much better. And oh the, the eyes deserve to be on that league. It deserves to be included just like the NBA when it comes to these all-star events. And I hope they continue doing more of this in the future. Well, Dustin, look, you know, you're talking to someone who coached women's basketball at the junior college yeah. level. I love the sport. I I love that the the talent and and the the, the competition is just so much better. And you're right. I, I've covered the WNBA from day one to to present and to to see, you know, I, and we've had some some great players on this show. Angel McCautry, one of them, and. You know, look, that game is just gone to another level, and 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 you got players that are up upcoming now. I like how college basketball has has gone to the four women's college basketball has gone to the four ten minute quarters, just like the WNBA. You know, these girls are just really, really prepared when they get to the WNBA, and I love it. I cannot wait to see them become more involved. And here's another thing: I used to do as a coach. You know, when I really wanted my girls to get, to, to get some stiff competition there, man, let me yeah. tell you, I would take those girls out there. I would find me five guys and say, hey, 
I want you to come outside. We would be out there on those asphalt courts outside, and I want you to play these girls and play play them like you're playing the, the boys. I don't care. And yeah. and the girls wanted they wanted it that way, and they and it made my teams a lot tougher. I can tell you that much. But these girls, these girls can play. And some of these boys, some of these guys will tell you, some of these girls one on one will take you to the cleaners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they've they've got the skills. And listen, we we know that the WNBA is not going to pull in the marketing or even the fans that the NBA does. But it's about the skill. And and, the, and these the ladies and these, and these ladies have it. And I think Sabrina's quote summed it up best at the end. If you can shoot, you can shoot. It doesn't matter who you it are. It doesn't matter and who she, you she are. proved that. And you look at last year, and I think you talked about that, and we'll, we'll wrap this up right here, but the future coming up, look at last year in the NCAA tournament, men and girls. The girls, when you talk about Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, they had more star power than the guys, and it's going to be the same thing this year with Caitlin Clark and what she's doing. So the future is even brighter for the WNBA. That's why I think getting these eyes on them, having these moments with – some of the greatest players to ever play it, like Steph Curry, is only going to be such a such a good event going forward. And there's no way the NBA can't do something like this every year now going forward. Now, hey, look, I hope they come back with that commercial. Whatever you can do, I can do better. I, that was just a hell of a marketing thing there. So, hey, how about the slam dunk competition? Now, I'm I'm probably expecting more out of these guys because some of the dunks that they do are similar, you know, in comparison to some of the dunks we've seen yeah. before, you know, the jumping off other the top of other people. I want to see something, and I think I've said this before, Dustin, I want to see somebody just somersault their way to a bouncing ball and somehow put that thing down. You know, I mean, look, I'm just asking for something to be done that no one has seen. And listen, and, and that's where when, when I talk to people about a slam dunk contest, first of all, let me say, I, I thought it was pretty much a dud Saturday night. Let me just be mm-hmm. completely yeah. honest. Yeah. It was a dud. And, and again, it's going to happen some years. Matt McClung, he won it again. Matt McClung was great last year. This year, he was good. I didn't think it was great. The other contestants weren't great. But that's where I'm always trying to tell people, Gene, again, look at where we are today. There's not much more. There There are some things out there, but there's not much more that can be done that hasn't already been done. So I understand how tough it is for these guys to try to create something for the fans that they've never seen before. And then the flip side is if they try to do these things that you've never seen before, sometimes that results in missed dunks and it, and it brings down a level mm-hmm. of the crowd. Yeah. So it's just a difficult competition to be in. But I, I'm going to go back to what I said previously. They've got to find a way to get these big names back in it. And I know some of these big names know they have nothing to prove. But and I know these these guys already make fifty and sixty million. But I'm gonna say it, Gene, up the stakes for the dunk contest. Let me let me throw something out there. The NHL skills competition was a few weeks ago. I, I like watching that event. It's a pretty cool event to see how these NHL players show off their skills. Did you know the winner of that skills competition got a million dollars? The wow. winner of the NBA dunk contest gets fifty thousand. Now again, I'm not sitting here saying these guys need more money because they get paid handsomely. But if you want your event to put on the best show and you want to incentivize these guys to, on their weekend off, as we say, get out there and add another competition to their already busy week, throw some more money down. You're the NBA. You got it. Throw a million dollars out there for the winner, and I guarantee you, you'll start getting some bigger names. And I know we had mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, but I'm talking about I'm talking about the big names, the Zion mm-hmm. Williamson. I mean, LeBron's older. He's not going to do it anymore. But we're talking Zion Williamson. We're talking some of these, these dunkers in the league now because – as good as Mac McClung is, Gene, he's a G League player, and a lot of guys don't come to see G League players. He's one of the best dunkers out there, don't get me wrong, but they want to see the NBA stars. 
And that's what they've got to do. They've got to incentivize it to get these big names back out there in that competition. Well, you know, hopefully we'll see that. Look, and it's sad when the college players and even some of the high school at the all the McDonald's All Americans, some of those dunks are even better. Are better, yeah. Than what we see with the NBA and and you know, and you're right, star power may add something to it because we do see in some of these games we see better dunks than we see at the at the All Star weekend. So but you know, we're not gonna take anything away from from Matt McClung who hey, back to back, right? slam dunk champion back to back. I, I do have i do have one request gene listen i i love Shaq. i love the nba on tnt that's my my favorite show to watch these guys but can we please just stop dunking over Shaq? i, can, I don't know how many I, I, no, times we can I, do it gene but can we please just stop that it's just getting old yeah. it's, it's just getting old that is and i i it's, it's it's really getting old and the judges i think everybody you know you just i know well look here if you want to impress me get victor women yama out there you, you know <laughs> Let's take it to another level, okay? Victor's probably like, nah, you're not going to involve me in these props. <laughs> and listen, the last thing I'll say about Saturday night, and I don't know your thoughts. I know you've been in Indianapolis and stuff, and I know they had it in Lucas Oil Stadium because they want to make it a big event. But to me, that kind of took away from Saturday night because it's such a big venue that mm-hmm. it kind of took the crowd out of it a little bit. And when you're having that three-point contest and when you're having that dunk contest, you want these fans into it, making as much noise as you can. And having it in such a big venue, mm. I think, kind of took away from the atmosphere a little bit. Well, you know, I was in Dallas when they did it at Jerry's World, which is yeah. another big stadium. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, and look, NRG Stadium in here in Houston has, uh, has hosted the NCAA tournament where we just had, headed here just last March. So, look, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand they want to get more fans an opportunity to see it. I mean, it's a good and bad side to this, you know, because, look, if you have one of those nosebleed seats, you're not going to see a damn no, thing, okay? No. You you, you got to go in there with – but if you got to take binoculars to a basketball <laughs> game, then you probably, you know. At that that's point, at that point you're just thing. there for the experience. You're not there to really see the action. Exactly, and, and, and that's what you have to do. My first ever Final Four – was like okay like okay why is this pole in my way okay because i'm already you know like 100 miles away i I, th- I think i was closer to my house than i was to the court you know and and but it was just the experience dustin of just being there so i mean i get it and and tv the cameras are only going to show you what they need to show you you know they're going to show that crowd in close proximity to to that led court but like even some of the fans, probably the LED court probably just looked like a little flashlight out there to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, so we'll see what happens with how they do it going forward. I know next year, 2025, the Golden State Warriors are going to host it. So, you know, they've got a new arena. They're probably going to try to do it big out there in California. Yeah. So it'll be smaller interesting to arena see. Too, little smaller know. arena. NBA tries to always make tweaks to All-Star Weekend to keep making it better. Fans are, are wanting to see something different. So we'll see what they come up with next year. Yeah. So... And so, and once again, Damian Lillard, yeah. he was named the uh, All Star Game MVP. So, uh, weekend, do, do you think they had any 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 difficulty in in in, in choosing Halliburton versus Dame? You know, at that point, I mean, listen, they both are throwing up. They both are scoring a lot of points. I mean, what Cat had fifty, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a loss. Yeah. I mean, it just shows what these guys were putting up. Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's well deserved. He was he was shooting it from everywhere. You like the hometown guy to get it, but I think Halliburton. Listen. If we're talking about winners from the weekend, I mean, I think this guy was already ascending 
as this year started, leads his team to a in-season tournament final in Vegas, makes an all-star team as starting. This guy, the level that he's ascending on, Gene, he's going to be one of these guys that we are talking about taking that torch face of the league because yeah, the way he, he hosted, will. the way he presented himself, I mean, he did everything correctly. He was one of the biggest winners to come out of this weekend for him and his city that he hosted for. And th- doesn't he have a, br- a younger brother? I believe so. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. And I I might be getting mixed up with one of the other NBA players. But, hey, so every year the commissioner. Real real quick, I I do have something to ask you about for All-Star Weekend. I know we got to wrap it up because we're ready to get to the games going on about to come up in the second half of the season. (laughs) And I know Doc Rivers came out and talked about this, Gene, but how weird was it? that Doc Rivers was the coach of the all-star team <laughs> when he's taken over the Bucks and he's oh my three and seven and has one of the worst records in the league since taking yeah. over as a coach. And he's the coach of the Eastern conference all-stars. It was just weird. And, and look, you know, Griffin would have been the coach as you know, mm-hmm. I mean, who, who gets fired? Well, who, you know, what, what team gets, you know, I mean, who fires their coach with, with a winning record? I mean, we saw that coming. Right. But I mean, look, yeah. Hey, it just happened that way, and Doc was gracious enough to to take the the monies that was received and, was. and give it to Adrian Griffith. I don't know if Adrian Griffith accepted it, but it was just a weird thing for Doc. I know Doc was just thrown into that. Of course, he's been in that role before, but it was just so weird and awkward, and I think Doc did the right thing. Yeah, he did, and props to him for offering that to Adrian Griffin. I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was going to be your <laughs> storyline going into the weekend, and I know Doc Rivers and the Bucks are going to be a team we talk about here for yes, the second half indeed. of the season because they have a lot on the line. So that was a, that was an interesting storyline coming out of All-Star Weekend. Yeah, and just, you know, real quick, too, the commissioner always does his press conference, you know, yeah. state of the NBA, and a couple of the interesting things come up there, including, you know, making the All-Star game somewhat, different which is going to be an ongoing topic there so look for changes to happen next year with the all-star game they made the change to go back to the east to the west and next year who knows because with all the negative feedback that's coming from this year's all-star game expect something to, to change but the draft months away of course but how about the nba draft now uh, moving to a two-day format now so sort of kind of modeling what the nfl does which what do you think about that dustin I do like that. And and as a guy who, like I said, covers the Charlotte Hornets and listen for a team that's been struggling for a few years, the draft is one of the highlights to see who the Hornets are going to get as they got one of the stars this year in Brandon Miller. I, I do think that's a good decision to make because I know it's only two rounds, Gene, but by the time that first round ends, you're pushing 1130 to midnight and you get to that second round. And you're just so worn out from the first round that I I think it's good to spread it to two days. Obviously, it's going to help with TV and help with more exposure. I think the other thing they need to try to do, Gene, is they got to figure out a way to do this like the NFL does because there's there's more trades around the NBA draft than there is any other. That's true. And so they got to figure out a way when these trades go down of how to announce them to the viewers so they can keep track of who's going where because there's a lot of miscommunication and a lot of confusion of well this pick was traded but mm-hmm. they can't announce who's actually making the pick so it's okay the hornets are making this pick but they're te- technically making the picks for the dallas mavericks and so people get confused they got to find a way to get that down as well so so viewers can really know who's going where but i think you get that you, you push it to two days and i think that will really help 
spread out kind of how the NBA draft works. You're right, because it gets complicated because there's multiple teams involved. You yeah. don't see these things like, like in the NFL, you know. Yeah, you, you see a guy come up and put on one hat, and five minutes later he's on a different Right, team, so. right. So they really need to do a, a better job of explaining whether assigning a reporter to that or, or just cleaning that up. So over a two-day period, maybe they have a better chance to get that done now. Yeah, since since that's what they're going to do with the second round, and then some of the players, the the level of competition now is so much better that yeah. that one reason why the commissioner said they want to do this uh, the second round, the second day, is to really highlight these players, and because a lot of times you don't highlight these players as much because you're in a rush. So uh, absolutely, and it used to be you'd say I'd say five to ten years ago, second round picks were were barely making NBA rosters. Now you look at this and look at these second round picks and second round picks are vital parts of teams. Yeah. And some of these second round picks are even turning into stars. So I, I think it's a very good point to, to really look at the league because now first and second round, these players are really making a difference. Yeah. So, yeah. So and that was one of the things they talked about, including the uh, first ever, I believe, a regular season NBA game is going to be played in Paris. So that's going to be yeah. interesting and including Victor Wembanyama. So you see how the NBA finds a way to market, right? They, they are already going to market this kid because he would probably be, like you said, the face of the league here in a few years. Yeah, they actually started it this year. They had their first one. It was Cleveland, and I can't remember. I think it was was it in Mexico? And I thought it was in Paris here a few weeks ago. I believe it was oh, the yeah, Cleveland, Ca- yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers. That's right, that that's right. I had a friend who was a Cavs fan. And so, yeah, but I think they did that. They started that this year knowing that, like you just said, Vic yeah. was going to be in the league. And I expect him fully to be probably a part of that game a lot. Oh, how about the how about the other thing that Adam Silver mentioned, Gene, with expansion and the possibility of the city we talk about the most, the city that we love, <laughs> that we try to be out as much as we can. Vegas once again being the center of the sports world and possibly adding an NBA team. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we know that LeBron is interested in in, yeah. in, in becoming an owner of of a team. We, you know, so we don't know if that's going to happen, but we do know that a team would be in Vegas, which well, why not? You know, the NFL just pulled off the unthinkable a few weeks ago, hosting the Super Bowl there. And they got an NFL team there. Baseball won't be long before a World Series is probably going to be there, too. So, yeah, we, we, we you know it's coming. It's just a matter a matter of time. So another NBA news, of course, now, look, the, 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 the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame is done a little bit different than you know, other professional sports there where the NBA that is called Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Basketball Hall of Fame. That's one reason why you when you see other people involved there, they they have, you know, WNBA people, they have college basketball people in there. So but just from the NBA perspective, Chauncey Billups, Vince Carter, Michael Cooper, Walter Davis, Bo Ryan, Charles Smith, they are in the they are gonna they are finalists for the class of twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean, a, a great finalist group. You talk about Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, what he did for the Pistons, I and mean, some of these other names. It's a good class, and and, and listen, the, the Naismith Hall of Fame. I mean, like you said, it's just it's just one of those another great events. We talk about the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony. The these events are just great events to be able to recognize these guys and what they accomplished, and they should have a good class going in next year. All right, and let's jump into the NBA second half of the season and what the expectations are. We're going to look at the standings and, and some competition coming right off the, the, the box here. 
for tomorrow night and, and this weekend. But, hey, you know, a little bit of bad news there. I guess if you, you know, the Jock Vaughn fan there, which, you know, he's held on to the ham there as long as he could there in Brooklyn. But Brooklyn decided they wanted to go in another direction. So they fired Jock Vaughn and they have hired as interim. And that's going to be Kev, Kevin Ollie, who the former uh, UConn guy who led that team to a national title as a coach. Yeah, you know, you hate to see it for Jock Vaughn. He was one of those guys that kind of stabilized the Nets after the Steve Nash situation with the Kyrie, the Kevin Durant thing. And listen, I mean, it's it's one of those deals where you probably don't get a fair shake, Dean. I mean, this guy comes in thinking, all right, I'm taking over. I'm going to be coaching Harden, Durant, Irving. I'm going to have a chance to really push for it. And then that, that whole thing falls apart. And now the Brooklyn Nets kind of go into a rebuilding phase. So it really was tough on him as a coach. I think he's a good coach. I think he'll get another chance around the league. The Nets have some pieces there with Mikael Bridges. They just got to figure out how they want to build around it. But yeah, I mean, look for Kevin Ollie. This is this is a chance for him, Gene, to maybe not only be the interim, to, but to win that job because, like you said, he's got a lot of experience not only in the NBA, but he's won a national championship in college. So definitely think this is one of those chances. Sometimes you get an interim job and you know that guy doesn't have a chance. But I think he may have a chance to to maybe prove himself for the job if he can do something the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with that. Look, if I'm if I'm Jock Fun, I'm like, okay, man, you've thrown so many things at me. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and then I'm like looking at. Ben Simmons, like, okay, really? <laughs> you know, so exactly. I'm like, come on, man. You know, what could have, should have, would have happened, you know, even, you know, but I mean, it's just unreal. So we'll see what Kevin Ollie does. So, I mean, congratulations to him. And Jack Vaughn will land somewhere because through it all, he was just the ultimate professional and, and is a well respected guy in the NBA. So, you know, he's going to end up somewhere. And and we should see if Ali's going to be able to to remove that interim tag and and and, and going into the 2020, uh, 2024, 2025 season. So, all right, some of the storylines that ended the first half of the NBA season are the same storylines going into the second half of the season, and that is, can Doc Rivers do anything with these Bucks now? Because look, these guys have had some time off. I know this is. This is the uh, Doc Rivers probably have been trying to get some practice in and get to know his team. This is look, this is a long time that the, these uh, players have had off. Dustin, some of these guys have had a, an entire week off. Yeah, they have. And listen, uh, you can get even though they had you know Giannis and Dame at, at the All Star Weekend, you can guarantee they wanted to try to take this time off to continue to put together a plan of what Doc wants to do and. I really do think this is going to be one of the more intriguing storylines as we continue the rest of this season, Gene, to see how the Bucks play, if they're going to actually be a legit contender. I mean, obviously with Giannis and Dame, you know you're going to have a chance to be in contention, but can they be that team that plays consistently enough to be an actual NBA championship contender with the likes of Boston um, and some of these other squads? Because I, I got to be honest, Gene, I, and listen, and, and there's a big storyline going on the last couple of days with J.J. Reddick calling out Doc Rivers, Patrick Beverly trying to respond and take up for Doc. But it's kind of what we talked about with Doc when he took this job. Is he a good coach? Yes. Is he is he been one of the better coaches probably over the last decade or two? Most likely. But it's also been a guy who's let some opportunities pass when he probably should have been more successful than he was. And this is a situation you take over and you're expecting to take them to the next level. And I know that he has to get his system in and how he wants his guys to play. 
but we're 10 games into it, Gene, and he's three and seven. And that's one of the worst records in the league for the last 10 games. And to me, I'm not putting it all on Doc because, again, I go back to it doesn't really matter who's going to be the coach. Can you get a guy who's older like Damian Lillard to play defense when he's never been a defensive mm-hmm, guy? Mm-hmm. Um, you lose guys like Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen that really play mm-hmm. defense, and you replace them with Damian Lillard. I don't know if any coach is going to be able to get the defense where they where it used to be. Also, you've got Chris Middleton, who used to be one of your go-to guys who cannot stay healthy. And so there's just so many question marks around this team that it's not necessarily about Doc Rivers, but it probably will end up falling on his shoulders because – he was the one that jumped at this opportunity to try to fix it. And I just don't know if he can fix it. Yeah, and, and you're right. He jumped at the opportunity and the organization. Are they going to suffer for not just sticking with the interim who probably could have taken them? Maybe they wouldn't have had this slide here because now you got, look, their scoring has gone down. Defense hasn't gotten any better because you got somebody that's trying to slowly imp- implement a change, and that's expected when you bring somebody completely from the outside. Whereas, if you would have stuck with the the regular coaching staff, you probably could have kept the the the, the ship afloat. You know, so you know we should see what's going to happen here. It's going to be interesting though, because Doc, I think they're going to turn it around. But in in the process of them turning around, you got the Knicks. You know, you got the the Cavaliers who have already jumped to second place. You know, uh, above them and and. Philly might be making a comeback. The only reason Philly Philly has dropped is because Embiid is out now, yeah. and they both got the same record over the last ten games. But yeah, Doc, you know we we should see. I mean, this is a tall order for Doc and the Milwaukee Bucks, and this could cost them down the road. I mean, if they drop and get below six and fall yeah. into that play in tournament, watch out. What do you do then? Yeah, and they're for, they're and that's only two games, but their first two games out of the all-star breaker at Minnesota and at Philadelphia. So you got two big tests there. So you're right. It's going to be, it's really jumbled up for that second, third, fourth, fifth, like you yeah, said, it is. So, and, and I, and I personally think, again, if we're talking teams and we're going to keep talking about them, but right now, if you had to ask me where I rank the bucks in the East, I got to be honest, Gene, I, I don't put them ahead of Boston. I don't put them ahead of Cleveland. I don't put them ahead of the Knicks when the Knicks are healthy, because when the mm-hmm. Knicks had, Ananobi, and now they have Bogdanovich and Burks in these trades. I really love what the Knicks are doing. If they're fully healthy, right now, if you're asking me, I've got the Bucks, and obviously if Embiid came back, that would be a question mark. But oh, right yeah, now, would, without yeah, Embiid, yeah. I have Milwaukee ranked fourth in the East, which tells me they're not a championship contender. No, no, and if if, if they rank fourth, you know, they end up playing, you know, whoever's going to be fifth there in, in, in the playoffs, and that could be Indiana, a team that could knock them out. Lord knows they don't want to see Miami again. You know, Miami it just has owned them. You know, that's a, that team scares them more than anybody in the playoffs. So you, you, you really got to watch where you're going to fall in this seating here. You would want to stay three or maybe even try to get back up to that two spot, to be honest with you. You know, you don't want to see Philly, the Pacers, or Miami, but unfortunately, you're going to see one of them. You, you you will. You will. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're going to see one of them. So you know, so that's going to be interesting to see. And and but another storyline as we get into the second half of the season is the West because just looking at the Thunder and the Timberwolves, you know, yeah. I did. I, I we we thought that, or at least I thought that one of them would drop. I thought the Clippers would chase them down, but man, these guys are holding strong there. And at at one and two, 
And believe it or not, even the defending champions thought we're, we're going to get up there. Denver is at fourth place right now, but Minnesota is holding it down. They are. They they are holding down. I, I am kind of surprised. <laughs> like, I, Don't get me wrong. They're a good team, but I'm kind of surprised that they have been able to hang on to that number one spot. Yeah. Uh, if you if, Out of these two young teams that are at the top, honestly, if I had to pick, I know they have some more veterans on Minnesota like Mike Conley, Gobert, Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns, but I love the Oklahoma City Thunder out of those two young teams. If I had to pick, I, I, I would buy their stock more. But you're right. Both of these teams are holding on to those top, top spots over teams like the Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, who have those veteran guys. So it's got, this West is going to be fascinating because when we get in the playoffs, you're going to have those matchups of young guns against some of these veteran superstars, whether it's KD, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Like, And you're going to go against guys like Anthony Edwards, Shea Gildas-Alexander. It, it's going to be fascinating to watch how this West plays out. And the hottest team, you know, before the All-Star break, believe it or not, is the Golden State Warriors have yeah. won eight of the last ten. And, of course, the Dallas Mavericks have won six in a row. So this thing is not over with. Lakers. You're not going to say it, but don't slight your Lakers. They've won seven. No, I'm not. No, I, yeah, I'm just getting ready to say the Lakers have won three in a row and have won seven of their last ten. So, look, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on here. And like, like you said, West, look at look at how many teams have won seven of their last ten. Minnesota, the Clippers, the Suns, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Lakers, yeah. Warriors have won eight of the last ten. So this is going to be a wild, wild West finish. Yeah, and if I got to be honest, and I know we probably said this, it's probably a broken record. We probably said this <laughs> for the last five years. But it, it seems like for now, and knock on wood for Clippers fans, it seems like for now they're finally getting a chance to see what this team can do fully healthy with everybody out there. And if they can keep it that way, and I know we've still got 28 games to go and something could happen with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, whoever it may be. But if those guys can stay healthy, I really think they may be the most dangerous team in the West. And listen, you've got to give them credit because everybody said, oh, no, they traded for a hard. There's no way this is going to work out. But it's working out pretty damn well. They are playing some very good basketball. Russell Westbrook is perfectly happy with his spot off the bench. And it seems like everything is going well. And they have one of the best coaches in the league. So mm -hmm. if I think if they stay healthy, they are going to be a very dangerous team. Uh, to compete for an NBA championship. I think so, too. I, I kind of see the writing on the wall, man. They move into their new arena next year. And, you know, look, the Clippers, it's just not the same team there, you know, like, like before. The Clippers are probably going to win an NBA championship before the Lakers win another one. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that. You know, I covered that Clippers team some 20-something years ago, and they were a disaster under Alvin Gentry. And they used to have all the number one draft picks and did absolutely nothing with them. But this new this owner, this coach, he loves his coach. You hear no drama coming out of the Clippers. You actually do have real Clipper fans now, uh, including Clipper Daryl. <laughs> you know, yeah. so look, this team is good. They went straight up with Minnesota, which had they beaten Minnesota, they would have been they would have been in first place. You know, and they got up to second place. But you know, the team that we're not talking as much about is Oklahoma City Thunder, which. You know, these guys are not playing around either, man. This is another good, solid team here that, that no one's talking about and how Chet Holmgren has just improved this team overnight. 
Oh, no, absolutely. And that, that's what I just said. I think they're, as far as the young teams go, I think they're the most dangerous team out there, even more than Minnesota. I, I love what they do. I think, you know, he, he's getting his due now, finally. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander is an MVP candidate. He's one of the top five, six, I don't know, maybe not even, maybe higher than that, best players in the league. He's averaging over 30 a game. And when you have him and then you add a guy like Chet Holmgren and then Jalen Williams, some of these other young guys that they've got, and they even traded for it. Now they traded for a vet like Gordon Hayward from the Hornets at the break. If he's yeah. healthy, he he could give them a better presence off the bench. So I I love what they do, and I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I don't know how I, I don't know if this is the year because you know how some of these teams have to have that experience in the playoffs before they take that next step in the playoffs. So this could be part of that that maturation growth. I'll go out on a limb and say I, I do think they finish in the top two in the West. And I actually think the Clippers, who are two games behind, I'm going to make a prediction, Gene, that the Clippers finish with a number one seed. I think they yeah. do. I'm not saying Minnesota's going to fall off. They're going to be right there near the top. Mm-hmm. But I just like the Clippers to get that number one seed because I think down the stretch, these veterans are going to be you know, ready to lock in and know what they're playing for. I agree with you. But look, the, 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 the teams to watch here, and I have to put them in sets of twos here, you definitely want to keep your eye on Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Because right now they're one and two. You got to keep your eye on the Clippers and Denver. You know, you also have to keep your eye on the Phoenix Suns because what if they turn it around there? I mean, there's seven of the last 10. You Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, and, and Devin Booker. Who yeah. knows what could happen? I'm not really so, you know, I'm not so concerned about the Pelicans. But I am uh, concerned about the Mavericks, who are the hottest team, like I said, going into the break. Then you have the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors, who look like they're going to be playing tournament-type teams right now. But you just got three sets of teams there that you – I mean, this is going to make the West. So, look, if you're one and two, it's just starting. You got to worry. If you're the one playing the eight, your eight seed could be Golden State. Yeah, you know, and, and, you, and you know what's funny is you just you just mentioned all those teams, right? And you, and you didn't even mention the Sacramento Kings. No, who, I didn't. One of the most dangerous teams last year in the playoffs. Yeah, that just goes to show you how. And and this is not exaggeration or hyperbole. <laughs> that goes to show you how crazy this West is when you have the Lakers, who were in the Western Conference Finals last year, sitting yes. in ninth. The Kings, who knocked off the Warriors and almost made a deep run, sitting in eighth. And then, like you said. The Pelicans, we don't think anything of it, but if they're healthy with McCollum, Ingram, and Zion, yeah, they're going to be, be, be a force to reckon with. Yeah. It, 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 it is going to be must-watch TV. Everybody talks about the NBA season is too long, but this has been one of the most competitive regular oh, seasons we have seen, yeah. and it just shows it with how good these teams are playing right now. Yeah, because you get the number one and two seed, boy, you, you can't celebrate for long because you're going to have to play either – the the Lakers or the Warriors, or you might even have to play Dallas or yeah, I mean, look, these one and eight matchups, two and seven matchups, four and five matchups, three and six matchups are gonna be off the charts. Every matchup is gonna be off the charts. It's gonna be unbelievable. And and I, and I can't wait to watch it. And there's really not gonna to me, there's not going to be any surprises because if, if all these teams are healthy, they have enough talent to beat any team. So I if somebody beats somebody 
it's not going to be a huge surprise to me. And listen, you mentioned the Suns. I- I'm curious to see how they do because they are playing some good basketball and they've got yeah. three stars. But I just yeah. worry about that bench in the playoffs and do they yeah. have that and, to and make that run. They pretty much have to kind of go with no injuries for the rest of the season. And, you know, the bench, you know, I mean, hey, yeah, because they do have some injuries on that bench too. So they're not as deep as they would probably – would like to be and look, we Celtic fans are like, what, what, what the hell are they? Do, do they, do they think we don't exist? <laughs> oh, listen, they, they, Boston, listen, they, they exist. We were just kind of talking about the West, but Boston, yeah, I, look, this is Boston's, again make or break. Well, look, eight and two last uh, ten games, they also have won six in a row. So look, don't think the Celtics are not going anywhere. They will stay in that number one spot. There's no way in hell. Mm-hmm with however many games left, that they're going to drop down to, you know, the closest, what, Cleveland is six games back. Yeah. They're not giving up that lead in the, in the East. No, no, they're not. They're, they're, they're submitting into the number one spot, and they probably are. Honestly, we were talking about the West and how great the West is, but if we're talking about overall, the East is not as strong top to bottom, but if we're talking about the top, the Celtics probably are the favorites to win the NBA title. But I'm going to say something, Gene, and I said this last year. (laughs) If they don't win, I'm not saying even to the finals, if they don't win a championship this year, Joe Mazzola is not the coach of the Boston Celtics. Well, we're going to find out, man, because he's going to be put, he may not be put to the test in the East as much unless, you know, one of these teams turn around. Unless Look, the Knicks-Celtics matchup would just be great because, you know, Things could happen there. The, you know, if, if Halliburton and Siakam and those guys kind of figure it out and get it going and they get hot, who knows? The Pacers could be a spoiler somewhere there. And they already know what Miami can do, right? So we don't have to worry about that. We haven't talked about the, 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 the play-in teams there, which I think, you know, when you look at 7 through 10 in the East, it's Miami, Orlando, Chicago, and Atlanta. I, I just don't it's, – it's more likely – Miami and Orlando that's going to make the, the, the seven and eight spot there. I don't see the Bulls and the Hawks getting, yeah, getting nowhere that, that's, there. that's what I see, too. And, you know, Miami is always going to be dangerous. And we do have to yeah. give, listen, I know they're in the eighth spot. And we're not talking about them a lot. But you do got to give a shout out to the Orlando Magic City oh, at 30 and 25 yeah. and what they're building. And I, and I think they're only building for the future with, you know, an all-star now in Bancaro. And some of these other young Wag, Franz Wagner, some of the, that Wagner, some of the guys they yeah, have. Yeah. I mean, they're they're building something for the future, so that's the team to keep an eye on. But you're right. I think out of those play-in spots, Miami will be the most dangerous. And don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, Boston's going to have some tests, like you said, whether yeah, it's Cleveland, will. whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's New York. There's going to be some tests, but you just can't you just can't keep letting these 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 opportunities go by, Gene. And last year, the Celtics had a chance; they didn't get there. This year, with Tatum and, and Brown again. I'm not saying Missoula is not a good head coach, but this is a championship team now to win. And if they keep failing, even where you don't even make the NBA finals, then something's got to change because this is a win now, not just win now, run deep. This is a championship window for the Boston Celtics. It's kind of like the the Buffalo Bills, like we talked about. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and last year, man, I just know that Miami was just one hot team that they ran into and 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 they didn't see that coming. But look, I am – and and if for a Laker fan here, I love the New York Knicks. I love watching them play. I just Jalen Bronson, say what you will, and I know point guards shouldn't be putting up 30, 40 points a night, but he does it so to where it just you don't even know that he's 
scoring all these points and he shoots when he's supposed to. And he, he's just, man, I mean, I, I don't know if the Mavericks are, 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 are regretting that trade or not, but this guy is really good. Oh, no, he, he's unbelievable. And you, you said point guard shouldn't be putting those points up. Yes, they should. That That's the lead. <laughs> and that, I mean, look at Steph Curry, Jalen Brunson, Shea Gildas, Alexander, Halliburton. And it's not just the scoring. You just said it. They, these guys can pass, too. Yeah. And Halliburton's, Halliburton's put up those numbers, and he's leading the league in assists. So yeah. the point yeah. guards are made to score these days, and that's what Brunson is. And I think year two of Brunson, him and Randall have found their way together. Oh, my goodness. Comes back they get healthy. Randall back. Yeah. It's and a listen, dangerous team, man. Already a good defensive team because that's what Tibbs likes to do. But then you add OG Ananobi, who's one of the best defenders yes. in the league. And then we didn't talk about the trade deadline. They added Bogdanovich from the Pistons and Holly Another shot. I mean, they, they are so deep on the bench that, again, I like what they did the most of the deadline. I like when they were healthy, they were playing some of the best ball in the league. And and I truly think – I'm not saying they're going to they're gonna make a deep run and win a title, but I do think you have to put them in contention status because – they have the roster now with that depth to do it. Well, they did that because they know how deep Boston yeah. is, so you have to. I mean, look, you, if you're going to beat Boston, you're going to have to outscore them. And, so, and you are absolutely I, I, right. Give me, give me seven games of Boston-New York oh, back and forth yeah, oh because my you goodness. know that's going to be – Yeah, that, that would be. So, look, we did mention here, and I know we're about to wrap things up here, the – Spencer Dinwiddie to the Lakers. That just uh, then the Lakers get a gift, something that they did. It's almost like a free gift in 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 February. Dinwiddie comes out there, scores a couple couple of points there. That might help the Lakers out more than what people think. Listen, Gina, I know you've kind of been down on them most of the year, but I, I've said this all year long. If the Lakers are are healthy for the most part, they're it's going to be the same story as last year. Their regular season is not going to be great. But there's going to be a lot of teams that do not want to see them in a seven-game series. No. You know, you, you talk about it, LeBron's still doing what he does. And, and I know as a Lakers fan and, and even as an NBA fan, everybody has been so hard on Anthony Davis about staying healthy, being out there. But you have got to give this guy his props. He has been out there night in and He's night out. He's been doing it. And He's he has been, been dominating. You, you got to give him credit. And I, and I think with them two out there, them two healthy, I think LeBron's going to be a lot healthier than he was last year. And then, again, if they can stay healthy with guys like Hachimura and if they can somehow maybe get a Gabe Vincent back or, you know, Vanderbilt, as long as those guys stay healthy. uh, You get Vanderbilt back and you get Cam Reddish back. So, look, and I think they they are set up for the second half to do really well. And and, and, and then you got Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm not sure if they'll get out of the play-in, but I think they could get to the top of that play-in where they host the game and only have to win one. But – uh, again, that that's gonna that's gonna be a danger. It's gonna be just like last year. Nobody from the yeah. top. I mean, think about it, Gene. We're gonna talk about the Timberwolves and the and the Oklahoma City Thunder and how great they were. But do those two young teams with really no playoff experience want to go against the team like Lake LeBron James and Anthony Davis? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, we saw what happened last year. I, I I don't think so. But hey, Dustin, man, what 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 a great show coming back off the break here because you real know, quick one last one last question for you i gotta ask you who, who okay. do you have as the nba mvp for this season oh goodness now we know we know Embiid's probably out of it because of his injury you have to play 65 games so you're looking at guys like Jokic. you're looking at guys like Shea gildas alexander jason tatum so who are you thinking right now i think right now in vegas Jokic is the favorite once again to be the mvp of the league yeah, it would probably be Jokic, but man, Alexander, you know, 
Don't be surprised. I mean, this guy is, is you know, he's he's a quiet assassin there. He yeah. he gets it done too, and he and his team needs him. And just like just like the Joker, the Nuggets need him. So it's probably going to be between those two. I would say. Yeah, I think it'll be between those two. I'm going to add Tatum in there as well. I think if Boston can continue to dominate, he continues to put up good numbers. You know, obviously they have a, they have a good lead with the one seed, so they could maybe rest them some down the stretch. But I think it's between those three. But I got to be honest, Gene, and I know Jokic will probably be the favorite because of him already kind of being that two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. But if Shea Gilgis-Alexander can average over 30 and the Thunder somehow get the number one seed in the West because they're only like a game out, you but have to look do it. for MVP of the league. Yeah, that could do it. I mean, and he's averaging about what 30, 31, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that that could do it. And 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 now this is the one where you have to play at least sixty five games, right? Correct. Which so, kind of takes him out he, of it he, already. So he yeah. should meet that criteria. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see. We know the Joker's going to meet the the, the criteria, yeah. but I think it's going to be a good down 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 the stretch. It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. It is. It should, it should be a, should be a lot to watch in these 728 games. We're going to have to make sure that we're pulling up talking about it because, like we said, these races are so close going down the stretch. Well, look, hey, it starts tomorrow night, folks, because you get New York and Philadelphia right out the, the, the gate. And you also get the Suns and Dallas, uh, two teams we, we, you know, we just got through talking yeah. about. And you get the Clippers and the Thunder. So, wow. it, you know, you, it, it starts, and then you get the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, so, it, it look. Man, it, that, it is, that, is, that is a welcome back to the NBA with those yes. teams. I mean, like you said, Thunder Clippers playing for that top spot. And I know you're going to be locked in because Warriors-Lakers are right there battling for those same spots in the West. Man, those are some great games to come back with from the All-Star break. Yeah, and, 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 and Friday you get the, the Cavaliers and the 76ers. So, look. It starts right away. They, you know, and and so they come out the gate running, like they said, in in the horse racing. So this is going to be great. And we'll be back, of course, now uh, to talk even more about what's going to be happening here uh, in the NBA. We're going to take you all the way to to the playoffs, to the finals and uh, the draft and all that great stuff. So here. So, hey, Dustin, man. Thank you for coming on here, joining us here on the Sports King Show, folks. Hey, we hope you enjoyed our NBA show, and we'll see you back here again on the Sports Kings streaming live on Podbean. I forgot to tell everybody that in case you missed any part of this, you can also get us on the um, iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you back here. Enjoy your weekend.